Hi, my name is Red Gachet, and continuing with the secrets theme, I wanted to tell you a secret about the pyramids. And it is, um, not Groundhog Days, but um, we kind of used to say, oh, what should we do? And one of the things that we wanted to do was to go to Egypt and see the pyramids. Um, it wasn't particularly to see the pyramids, I have to say. It was, you know, generally to go to Egypt and have a, a really good time. Um, and obviously, there'll be educational things, so um, be looking at the architecture and, and the pyramids, I suppose. Anyway, the thing is, they're quite far spaced out, so it's not it's not a, a quick journey or a quick holiday or anything. It's quite a um, relaxed thing. Anyway, so we went to... Um, can't remember when the first time I went there was. Um, the pyramids, I have to say, I have seen invented. I've seen quite a bit of Egypt invented. Um, but I can't remember whether they were there before and then deteriorated over time. And then when we got there, we were like heard about them and then had them invented. Or whether they were there, someone else disappeared them and then we brought them back. I don't know how that how it was. Um, anyway, they're in the pyramids. The pyramids are literally just, as I remember thinking, if there's just like steps in a pyramid form, there seemed to be no door or anything like that. It was just like a pyramid which was crumbling. Um, so obviously the thing that I thought of to do was to climb the pyramid, but oh no, it's really tiring. Really, really tiring. And then it was like, okay, we met the archaeologists, and the archaeologists were telling me what they were doing. And they used to tell us what they were doing in London as well, because of the. We used to go to the museum, and they'd say, well, we've got an interesting dig going on, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to have a look? And I'd be like, yes, of course, I want to have a look. And um, so I knew some of the archaeologists, and I'd get introduced anyway if I was there. Um, and they were telling me what was going on and that they'd found all these things. And some of these things were invented, I have to say. I knew they'd been invented and it was just like, sometimes I'd just look at Blomberg the mirror and kind of he'd look at me like, oh no, what are we going to do? But the thing is, they were carbon dated and they were carbon dated. Think, how can you tell how many thousand years they are? Even if you carbon date with Groundhog Days, it probably is in fact that age. But nobody would know that it isn't really that age because of all the groundhog centuries. But anyway, um, lots of them, I guess, I'd never heard of as well. Um, the one that I'd heard of was Tutankhamun, which I know wasn't quite real. But um, anyway, they were doing this dig and I can't remember what one it was. And then they were like, okay, do you want to be the first to enter? I was like, of course not. <laughs> but the thing is, there, just like the films, it was really like, it was like intrigue around it. It wasn't just a simple thing, like, you know, just normal, oh, let's, they'd, they'd sort it out, so there's a little entrance bit and there would be lights. That's how one of them did it. So they'd, we got there after they'd had a chance to tidy things up so it looked really pretty in the entrance anyway. Um... Um, and reverent, if you like, in the entrance so that it wasn't, you know, just like a hole, you know. Um, and the other one was literally, it was like a, 
that was in the pyramid and the other one that we went to which was um we had to fight our way out of that but it was like um at ground level and it was a hold going down and um i think it it sort of like had like an underground thing passage thing which had a kind of i don't know link up to the sun and a crystal and all that kind of strange stuff anyway um I got pushed into that one, so I fell down, and obviously I knew that once I pushed in that, that thing, the Egyptian things, things go a bit weird, and there was a lot of magical things going on, so obviously there was the scarab thing that went on, which, oh my god, is horrible, and, um, but the thing is, then, they kind of avoided me, which was good, but when you see them eating people, not very nice at all, um, and then there's obviously the gases that come out as well, you know, and, old ancient tomb you open something up and the gas comes out and it's that killed people um and then there's obviously the, the what do you call it the um the curses which were partly made up actually because um of the desecration but the thing is everyone kind of believed it so there was always a bit of fear going into these things thinking who because I'd known three of the archaeologists um on one died after opening one of the tombs um and we all thought that was the curse and then I was like but I was there I probably died because when I remembered that I was there this was like when I was in primary school primary school mm, I don't think that 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 was actually of the same era, I think that I died and then come back <laughs> in a different, and that then in primary school I was obviously in the different age. So possibly that curse was true, who knows? But what was really always interesting about the going to Egypt was looking at all the the paintings, the, what they called this, the carvings and the, they had scrolls of things and, all sorts of stuff but basically you don't know what really what it means completely so we'd all have a guess at what things meant and then find out what it actually meant and and that was always fun because there was always like you know all these ancient cultures they can teach us about ways to live or ways of doing things that we'd long forgotten simple things I mean things that don't actually cost like billions of pounds to do like nowadays we have to find solutions for everything and what finding solutions for things is actually quite costly because it's if it's an invention you've got to make whatever it is and then you've got to roll that out and you know things become quite costly whereas in ancient days yes obviously they had a currency of sorts but they were using and they would use manpower and obviously they might have used slaves as well I don't know but it was less expensive than things are now. So the water thing, for instance, which I've been fascinated with, um, which is brilliant. Um, it's like digging in a hole, well not a hole, a groove in a certain shape, which allows the water to congregate within that shape. And anything, any land within that shape will remain green. It's amazing. Um, and they had that shape. Um, I decided to change it to see if it would work in a square. 
which like a pyramid square, so like a like a triangle, um, in within a triangle or a square within a square within a square, on a little patch of land, and see if that worked. And the grass grows in shades. It looks fantastic in the square within a square within a square, in a really hot country. And beside it, it can be like you know just dirt, no no grass growing at all, and you just pour the water in the groove. Um, in Spain. They had a system like, and it wasn't like, uh, you know, modern day irrigation systems. It was a system whereby if you generally flat land um, if, and the fields are usually square. So what they did was they used to have, um, do a groove in a line. Um, and if you get it in the right place, you just need a cup of water. You pour the water within the groove, which is just, you know, because Spain gets really, really hot and your whole field will be green. It's amazing. So if you've got horses or sheep or whatever, you've got pasture land. And like now, all the grass is all brown. If I knew the exact point, I could do it in my garden, but I don't. <laughs> anyway, um, so there's all sorts of fascinating things about Egypt. I mean, masses and masses of stuff that are really, really relevant today that can help us improve the land in an inexpensive way. Um, not very labour intensive way um, yeah so back to Egypt um, the because there, there's so many so much of Egypt that's been invented and crushed and invented and crushed and invented and crushed um, because of the wars and because when they brought the stone sculptures to life Obviously, they did quite a lot of destruction, so it wasn't destruction like bombs or things like that. We were running away from these stone structure things. I say structure things, they were statues running after us. And it, you know what, that was probably one of them films. But at the time, um, it was really, really scary. It's happened more than once. I think it's happened in... What's that thing called? Mummy's Return or something like that? Yeah, Mummy's Return, I think it happened in once. But it happened before then, when something weird would happen, like the mummies would wake up and run after us and things like that. Um, and that was really scary. And if you take the, you know, if you... We always thought, oh yeah, we're going to find treasure, we're going to find treasure on any kind of treasure hunting or, you know, find an ancient tomb, there's going to be treasure and stuff like that. And you know what the most precious thing I remember somebody telling me, I can't remember if it was an Egyptian person or the archaeologist or curator of a museum or something, the most valuable thing there, I think it might have been one of the priests actually, was in fact and there was loads of it, absolutely loads of it, was in fact the rice that they stored to give them food to journey with through the underworld. It wasn't just for that. It was also, I think, I believe, anyway, it was also to, um, as it became an offering for the future. So I had a grain of sand, not sand, I had a grain of rice from one of the tombs and I planted it in England which then became a rice tree and the rest of it was scattered I think China had some 
I scattered it all over the place um, during the Armageddon um, to repopulate the world with rice trees. And the thing about rice trees is that I remember them here in England and I never remember realised what they were. You, if you, well, if you've been around them, you might know when the wind blows and the rice comes off the trees, you're just like, what the hell is that? All these things just coming at you going, and it hurts. So you don't want to be near them in the wind, that is. But the thing about rice trees is that it's for cattle and for sheep and goats and things. It's really, really good for bulking them up. Because you know how sometimes you, in hot countries you see these oxen and they're really skinny? Well, they don't look... They, sh- they look too bony. They don't look skinny in the belly. It's not, it doesn't look like it's not eaten. Just like the bones stick out. Anyway, if you have um, rice trees nearby, um, the oxen will eat the, the fresh rice that drops, uh, usually drops in piles. And that bulks them out so they don't look so bony. And, and most of the world eats rice. So, yeah, fresh rice is actually really, really nice. It doesn't go hard straight away. But when it's like, you know, just fresh rice, really good. Anyway, so there's loads and loads of amazing things about Egypt to learn. I mean, loads. And the library as well. All those symbols all over the roof. Anyway, so that's me, Red Gachet, talking about magical Egypt. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening. Bye.